Praise God. We welcome you today. We're in the conclusion of this series that we do every August called You Asked For It. On Easter, we do a survey and ask you, what topics do you want to hear? What, what messages would really help you? Obviously, couldn't do that every month. But we do that in August, a series called You Asked For It. And we're in the concluding message of that series today. The number four most requested topic that you had was about family about marriage, about raising children, and parenting, and all of those things. And so what I'm going to do today, obviously I can't deal with all of those individually in one 30-minute message, but I want to bring some just some essentials today that's going to deal whether you're talking about parenting or talking about marriage or the family. Uh, I'm going to give you some essentials today through the Word of God that's going to help you and help us what we're calling the blueprint of a happy and a healthy home. How many knows there's a great attack against our homes and our families today? And so we're going to deal with that today. So get your notes out. Let's get ready to roll. Because one of the things that I've found as a husband of now 38 years to a beautiful uh, wife, and I'm a father of four amazing children, two are biological, two we've adopted into our family, and, uh, and I've got four amazing grandchildren. So one thing I've learned through being a father, a grandfather, a husband, is that family is always evolving. How many's found that out? It never stays the same. And if you think when your children are gone that they're gone, they're not. They have a way of coming right back, but my house is, if you come back, it's called rent. Amen. All right. But, uh, but anyway, I want to talk today because family is always evolving. How many's found out marriage is always evolving? Parenting is always evolving. And, and here's some proof of that. How many of you know on your first child, you took like 10,000 pictures? Then the second child, you took like 982. And the third child, you took like 64. And the fourth child, there's none. You're just trying to figure out how did they get here? Come on, am I right about it? All right. And, and then there was a woman, I, I was doing some research for this message, like always, I'll usually have 15, 20 hours of research in and then try to compile it in the 30 minutes, that's fun. But uh, this woman did this one. Now, this woman, she said, you know, maternity clothes, how it evolves. She said when that woman on her first child finds out she's pregnant, she goes and gets maternity clothes before she's ever showing because she's pregnant and excited. That second child, she doesn't put on any maternity clothes. She wears regular clothes as long as she can. On that third child, her maternity clothes are her regular clothes, okay? All right, I know, I'm just, a woman wrote that, a woman wrote that, all right? But how about swallowing the coin? On the first child, that first child swallows the coin, you rush them to the ER, and I want an x-ray right now, right? On the second child, you just wait for that coin to pass. On the third child, you just tell them that's going against your allowance right there. You know, it's, uh, uh, you're paying for that, all right? But it's absolutely impossible for me to cover everything. So today I want to talk to you about God's blueprint on how to build, how to have a happy and a healthy home. One of the ways we do that here is small groups, and we're getting ready to kick off our fall semester small groups. We were around 30 small groups that we're about to kick off. They're all on our website. I really want to encourage you, but there's one that deals with this message today on the marriage, and we have two couples that are co-hosting one of the strongest small groups on marriage you will ever, ever attend as 13 weeks of 
amazing uh, curriculum. Uh, my wife and I went through it, and we coached it one year. And so if you're a married couple here, I really encourage you. That's one of the small groups that you should look at and, and possibly go to because whether your marriage is strong or you're going through some issues, how many knows every marriage can get better? And so I really encourage you to check that small group out. But essentials in building a healthy and a happy home. Let's go right to our text today in Proverbs chapter 24. It says it takes wisdom. Say wisdom. That's beyond training. That is supernatural. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and the Bible says it takes wisdom. It takes something greater and stronger than mine and your natural ability or knowledge to have a good family. How many's found that out already? And it takes understanding. That means an effort to apply truth that makes it strong. And so I want to help you today with this wisdom and this understanding that, that if you're going to have a healthy and a happy home, it's going to take some power and it's going to take some inspiration and it's going to take some revelation and all of these things that's going to come from a power bigger than us is going to come from God. And then it's going to take that understanding that I'm going to have to be willing to apply some things that I gain from that wisdom in order to create and build that healthy and happy home. So I want to give you five essentials, whether you're talking children, parenting, marriage, that are going to help you today. Number one, the first essential in a happy and a healthy home is faith. Faith. Because you see, there's still a group of people, and, and maybe you're in that group, and we're going to try to help pull you out of that group today. Maybe you're new in church or whatever, but there's still a group of people that are, have yet to come to understand that serving God is more than a Sunday morning experience, that God wants to have a deep personal relationship with you, and that's why we have a four-step process here at the church. Everything that we do in, in Transformation Church fits in this four-step journey. Number one, we want you to know God. Number two, we want you to find freedom, and we're going to help you do that through small groups and accountability. Number three, we want you to discover your purpose, and we help you do that through our grow track that we do after our second service uh, each week, starting next Sunday, 101 will take place. And then we want to help you discover your purpose and make a difference. So know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's the system here at Transformation Church. But the last three have no effect at all if you don't know God. And we want to know that you have a personal relationship with God. And the first essential in having a happy and a healthy home is your personal relationship with God. There is a relationship power and anointing that God wants to bring and will bring into your life when you have that relationship with him, that God through his Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will speak to your heart. He will come with a word for you in that time of crisis or that situation in your marriage or with your children. How many glad you serve a God that the Holy Spirit will come and he'll speak to you in the midnight hour. He'll awaken you when your children are in trouble. He'll give you knowledge that you understand where your children are and a word to speak into their life. He'll give you wisdom over your marriage and your relationships. See, there's a relationship with God that is authentic. It's powerful. It's a dynamic, vibrant, very real relationship that God wants to have with you. How boring would Christianity be if Sunday morning was all I had with God? 
But God wants to be your Monday morning God. He wants to be your Tuesday morning inspiration. He wants to be your Wednesday morning life and energy that's going to walk you through that day. He wants to commune with you, be with you, talk with you. He wants to have that relationship that he set forth with Adam and Eve in the garden. He wants to meet you in the cool of the day. Every day, this is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice. I'm going to walk with him, and I'm going to be glad in it. And if you're going to have a happy and a healthy home, it all starts right here. You can go read all the books, get all the counseling, sit with all the counselors and psychiatrists, and your marriage will fail and not be happy and not be healthy until you get faith in Jesus Christ as the foundation of your home. Faith comes first. That's why when I meet with couples that are in marriage crisis, first question I ask them, where do you stand with Jesus? Where's Jesus in your life? Because if that's not settled, There's no advice that I can give you that's going to accomplish anything in your life. Jesus has to come first. Proverbs 14, 26 put it like this. Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. There's something about knowing you are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that brings a calmness over your family. It brings an assurance over your children. It brings a safety net over your home because there's a reverence, there's a faith that's the foundation of your family and of your home. You see, the best marriage advice I can give you today, the best parenting advice that I can give you today is get close to Jesus. Get as close to Jesus as you can get. Number two is your time. Time. That we understand time is crucial in building a happy and a healthy home. You see, if you went and looked at families that are, that are healthy and families that are happy, you will find that out of several things, they had one common denominator and factor, and that is that they were very intentional on how they used their time. Very intentional. They knew what to do and not to do with their time. What intentional time do you set aside in your family for your family? What intentional time do you set with your spouse? My wife and I, we've been married 38 years in July, this past July, and we've had two rules. Number one, Friday night is our date night. Our kids know, don't ask us to watch no babies, and we love our grandbabies. Don't get me wrong. We watch them, but not on Friday nights. That's our date night. That's intentional. And my wife and I have every morning, we have a coffee time that we sit before we we meet with Jesus first in our devotions, and then we meet with each other, and we drink coffee, and we don't try to solve any problems in that time. That's our time. We're talking about future vacations. We're talking about our dreams and our goals and and appreciation for each other. And, And we ask each other in that meeting often, what can I do better, and what am I doing right so that we can communicate? That's our time that we're building relationship. You must be intentional with your time, or time has has no purpose in your life. And if you're going to build a happy and a healthy home, you've got to become intentional with your time. Do you know that the average father spends seven minutes per day with his child? That's less than an hour a week. And the average father only spends 37 seconds a day with his preschool children. And then when they turn 16 and 18, want to know why they would rather be with a boy or a girl than with you. Because they don't know you. They don't know who you are. You're just a man in their house. 
But we've got to become intentional with our time. You know who's raising our children today? iPads and iPhones. That's who has our children's time. That's who has our husband's time. That's who has our wife's time. Go to the average family today and walk in the living room, and if there's five there, four of them are on a phone. Well, we went out on dinner last night, but what did you do when you were at the table? Which one of you was on the phone the most? And so our time today is not spent communicating and enjoying and building relationships. Just because you're in a home doesn't mean you're a family. I'm getting ready on a whole series called, Does a Family Live Here? Just because you've got six of you doesn't make you a family. When you begin to walk out the biblical principles of God's word, it develops us into a family and we build a happy and a healthy home. And so you've got to understand your time is crucial. The psalmist put in Psalms 39, he put it like this. He said, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing it ends in nothing. Can I challenge some of you parents? You might want to consider, and I'm not trying to be mean here today. I'm trying to save your family and save your marriage. Some of you need to stop trying to have your children in 14 different sports. And you're running all over town all day long, busy mama, busy daddy, getting them and everything. And coaches and parents are mentoring your children, and they're not having any time or hearing anything from you. And I'm all about our children being in activities. I raised all of mine in sports and in band and all the things, dance and gymnastics. We did that. But I'm going to tell you something. If you go into your house today and you yell, dinner time, and your children all go get in the car, you're too busy. Now, that was worth coming to church for right there. I could take an offering right now and deserve it. All right. Okay. But you've got to be intentional with your time. Make sure that you've got some one-on-one with your wife and your husband. If you don't give them time, the devil will have somebody that'll give them an ear and give them plenty of time. And if your children doesn't have your voice, then you are not the mentor in their life and the enemy will bring the wrong people in their life to bring bad influence. We must be intentional with our time. And by the way, sitting in the ball stands while your children is on the field with another adult, Training them is not intentional time. They're not with you. Your spouse needs time with you. Your children need time with you if you're going to build a happy and a healthy home. Good preaching, Pastor Dan. Thank you for all the applause. All right. Okay. You see, I've yet to talk to a parent whose kids are on drugs or in jail saying, I wish I'd signed them up for one more ball team. One more gymnastics class. I've yet to sit down with a couple in divorce court and the husband go, man, I wish I'd bought her some more flowers or, or I wish I'd got her one more pedicure, one more diamond. Don't say diamond. That might, that might not go well. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? No, it's, those gifts are nice and I send them to my wife at least once a month. She gets something for 38 years because she's my queen. But that's not what she wants from me first. She wants my time. And so secondly, number one is you've got to have faith in God. Number two, time builds your home. Number three is purpose. Purpose. You see, you will never discover purpose until you first have step one, essential one, faith in God. But once I come into a personal relationship with God, then I begin to discover my purpose. Purpose helps you to determine where to direct your time and your energy. 
Time has no meaning without purpose. So faith sets the foundation. When I begin to manage my time, it allows me to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. And then I have the ability to see clearly so that I can discover my purpose. But not only my purpose, but I begin to discover the purpose in my spouse and in my children. One of the main causes of a dysfunctional home is that no one identified the gifts within that family. And when you don't identify the gifts, you start focusing on the areas of weakness and struggle. And, and, and how many found this out? We grow up and then we get on Facebook. Social media can be so detrimental. But you get on there, my kid was straight A's. So you don't even put your kid's picture up there because they had two B's. Or they had a C. And so rather than brag on your children, I'm kind of ashamed. Maybe I failed as a parent and we make our children feel like failures. I had a brother like that. He made straight A's without trying. Anybody else have a sibling like that just made you sick? You know, I mean, he didn't even try. You know, he'd come home and go, never made a B in my life. And I'd go, I ain't made a B either. It ain't no big deal. <laughs> I work hard for my C's. Come on, any C, come on, anybody know? I, I worked hard for them C's, man. Thank God you didn't have to make straight A's to preach, amen. All right, make you sick, don't they? But see, what I'm challenging you today is, is that what we've done is we've allowed a society to come in and we're focusing on where our children and our spouses are weak rather than identifying their gifts and their purpose. And I've married a mate, she's in the special needs class. We practice as a couple what we tell you. We sit one, serve one. So my wife sits in the first service, she serves in the special needs ministry in the second service. But my wife's an amazing woman. She's got special gifts, man. I mean, she's an amazing housewife, amazing wife, amazing mother. She's Satan's worst nightmare in prayer. I mean, she's got a line to heaven that few people I know. And, and she's just an amazing woman. You walk in my house any hour of the day, any day of the week, and you would think she was expecting you. It's spotless. I mean, sometimes to a point it bothers me because I'm afraid I've left something. You know, I leave the house and I think, Should I, did I pick that up? Did I pick that up? She's got these amazing gifts within her, but she's not great at everything. I'm not great at everything. I'm not good at but a few things. I have a staff in this church that make me look good because they're far better in many more things than I am. So I'm going to surround myself with people and I'm going to identify the gifts that are within them that I don't have so that we can put together a team. And what I'm saying to you today is that you need to start identifying the gifts and the purpose that's within your spouse and start lifting that up and exalting that area of their life and building that up. Stop asking your children. And if they make straight A's, that's awesome. But don't put pressure on them to excel in an area that they're not strong at. Are you going to frustrate them? You're going to run them away. Praise them for the A, but appreciate them for the B. And if they get a C, congratulate them and help them get to the B and the A. But don't demand perfection in every area of your spouse or your children, or you're going to run them away from you rather than bring them in. And your house is going to become dysfunctional rather than healthy and happy. That's good preaching again. You see, we've got to come and understand today that, that God wants to bring our families and make them very, very healthy. You see, my number role as a pastor is to help you find God's purpose in your life. Obviously, it's to find God, 
but then help you find your purpose. And that's why we focus on that so much at this church. That's why we have two services constantly. If we move to a building that'll seat 10,000, we're gonna have two services because we educate you and we encourage you, sit in a service and do nothing but receive. But through Grow Track, let's identify your purpose and now go serve in it in the other service and do nothing but give to other people and make a difference in people's lives. Because every one of us in this room has purpose. And when you begin to identify that purpose, it takes away the frustration from your family and your home because I understand my wife's strengths, but I also identify the things that she just doesn't like to do. She's just not, that's not her heartbeat. She understands mine. My wife, and I understand this, she loves to shop. She knows not to invite me with her. That's gonna be a short trip. You know what I'm saying? All right, food court, here I come. I took her hunting with me one time. That will never happen again, ever. <laughs> ever. And so we identify each other's purpose. You need to do that in your home and in your family. Number three is relationships. Relationships. Your relationships has a direct effect on the health of your marriage and of your family. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Be careful who you're allowing into your inner circle. Be careful who you allow to have influence in your attitude and the decisions that you're making. The Bible speaks to us in Proverbs again, chapter 27, powerful scripture. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. And let me say this to you today. Everyone out there doesn't want your marriage healthy. Everyone around you doesn't want your children serving God and going after God. Everybody around you doesn't want your home to be a happy home. Theirs is miserable, and they want yours miserable too, so they can have some company. And you got to be careful who you allow into your inner circle. We love everybody. We can be acquaintances with thousands, but you need to handpick who you allow into your ear and who you allow to speak into your heart and who you allow to influence how you treat and act with your family and with your spouse. Proverbs again says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools goes to jail. I mean, suffers harm. <laughs> and some of you can bear witness to what I really said, because you hung out with the wrong people and your harm was prison or addiction. Or all type of ish situations and issues because you hung out with the wrong crowd. You got to be careful with your relationships because your relationships outside of your home has a direct effect on your relationship with your spouse and children inside your home. There's an influence that takes place. That's why we encourage you again into small groups getting into the small groups, getting right relationships in your life. Had a young man, he's the brother of one of our businessmen here in the church that got saved in the last year, two years. And now his brother gave his heart to Jesus today, addicted to drugs. And he, he's being baptized after the second service. And he came to me and so excited. And he's like, Pastor, I'm getting baptized today. I gave my life to Jesus today. I just want you to know. He said, I'm ready. I'm getting into that freedom a small group that you've got here at the church. Your brothers have already told me about it. I talked to his wife after church. I mean, it's God's just doing something powerful. But you see, and I told him, and the first thing I said is get in the freedom small group. Get in the freedom small group. Get around the right 
people. Let the right people speak into your life. We're going to walk you through this journey. We're going to take this journey with you. And we're going to the end. We're going to win, man. We're going to win. And, and I was just in an eight-hour intensive up north of Tallahassee with Dr. Henry Cloud and, and Dr. Carl Benzio. Amazing session. We were there. But he told the story of one of his, uh, this guy came to him who was already a, a very, very um, wealthy man. But he, he sold his business and wanted to grow his wealth even more. So he went to Dr. Cloud and said, man, can you refer me to somebody that's really like doing it big? I mean, like mega, multimillionaire. I mean, like billionaire status. I really want to go to the stars, you know. And, and so Dr. Cloud said, well, I have a guy that's like that. He's like just crazy money. He, he's right at 80 years old. And, 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 and he's just amazing man with money, loves God. And he connected the two. And when this man met this guy that's doing so successful, and this guy's successful too, but he wants to go further, he met with him and said, man, give me your secrets. Give me your tools. Give me, what are you doing that, that I can reach the level of wealth like you have? And the man looked at him and he said, who's, your, who's in your small group? Who's in the small group that you meet with every week? And the guy goes, well, you mean small group? No, I want to know who's speaking into your life every week. Who are you hanging out with every week? You have a group of people? No, man, I, I want some tools. I want some information. And he said, I have nothing to say to you till you come back to me and tell me who's in your small group and who's speaking into your life every week. And the man walked away mad. Didn't go back to him. Today, this man's broke. This man's worth almost a billion dollars. And today, he still meets every Tuesday morning with a group of men that speaks into his life and he has accountability too. If you do not... The banana that gets separated from the bunch is going to get peeled. And the day you isolate yourself and think you can walk this journey by yourself, you just became vulnerable to everything the enemy wants to bring against you and your family and your children. Get in a small group, build relationship, get accountability, and God's going to change your life through proper and healthy relationships. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Again, I'm just going to tell myself that on every point. All right. Okay. Last of all, let me hurry here, is grace. How many will testify to me today that every relationship needs some grace? Because I don't know about yours, but my wife is wrong a lot. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that just felt good to say when she wasn't in here. All right. <laughs> but how many knows? Don't all, because then you make me really look bad up here. How many knows it's usually the husband that's wrong a lot? Come on, wife. There was your chance, wives. There was your chance. Notice the husbands didn't even go, mm-hmm. But the wives are like, Yes. No, how many, how many knows? You, it's always me. 99% of the time is me. My wife's amazing, but it's fun. It just lets you know we're human. But how many will identify today that every relationship needs some grace? You put two different people in the same house, you better have some grace involved. All right? You see, because grace makes no sense, relationships cannot survive without it. And I must realize that my spouse and my children are going to mess up. I'm going to mess up, sometimes in a big way. How many found out your kids by the age of six had already done 90% of what you said your kids would never do? Amen. They've stolen, they've cussed. They, uh, come on, help me in here. <laughs> you know, it used to be 16, now it's six. But we've all messed up, hadn't we? And I can tell you this, through my my. Man, my wife could have left me so many times and had a reason for it. She really could through ministry because I, I put ministry ahead of her when we first got married big time. And, and, and I set her and made her second without realizing it. And she could have left me and had a right to leave. 
but she was gracious to let me grow up, become mature, and, and make up for that. Every marriage needs some grace in it. Every parenting role needs some grace in it because there's always mess-ups. This is a true story of a letter that was written from a son to a father. The father went into the son's bedroom and found the letter on his pillow, and here's what it said. Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and Mom. I've been finding real passion with Stacy, Dad. She is so nice, but I knew you would not approve of her because of her piercings, her tattoos, her tight and revealing clothes, and the fact that she is much older than I am. It's not only the passion, Dad. I have to say she's pregnant. Stacy said that we will be happy, very happy forever. She has her own trailer way out in the woods, and she has enough firewood already stacked up to get us through the winter. We are sharing the dream of having more children, Dad. Stacy has opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana really doesn't hurt anyone. We will be growing it for ourselves and we'll be trading it with others in the commune where we're staying for as much cocaine and ecstasy as we want. In the meantime, we're praying that science will find a cure for her sexual disease so that Stacy can get better. But don't worry, Dad. I know I'm only 15, but I know how to take care of myself. Someday, I'm sure we will be back to visit you so you and mom can meet your future grandchildren. Love, your son, John. P.S., Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Tommy's house, and I wanted to remind you that there could be things much worse in life than the report cards you're going to find in my top drawer. <laughs> uh, uh, come on, somebody say Grace. I had you, didn't I? I had you. You got to say, I had you. That's the true story, by the way. But can someone say grace? Relationships take grace. It could always be worse. Begin to thank God for what you got and begin to make it better through these essentials and be gracious one with another. And I close with this today, and I, I want to give this thought to you because it's in the scriptures in your notes, and I've got to go quickly. I'm going to give you these points, but there's a story in Genesis about a father named Laban, and he had a son-in-law named Jacob, and Jacob wanted to marry his daughter. Laban made it very, very difficult for Jacob. I mean, he made him work for his daughter for 20 years before he would allow her to marry him, and, and he even decreased his salary and, and increased his workload. And I mean, it was just a nasty, hostile situation. And, and finally, Jacob got to marry the daughter and the father just stayed hostile toward him until finally one night Jacob said, I can't handle this anymore. And in the middle of the night, he took his wife and children and fled the city. And the next day, the father woke up and realized that his daughter and grandchildren were gone. He got very angry and he takes off with his men to find Jacob. He finally finds out, it's all in the Bible, I'm just paraphrasing, he finally finds out where they are and he gets one, one night away. And so the next morning, he's going to go in and do whatever he's going to do to Jacob and get his daughter and children back. And, and that night, the Lord speaks to Laban and he says, do not do what you're thinking of. Do not do what you're thinking of doing. And can I say to some of you that's hearing me here this morning, that word's for you. Do not do what you've been thinking about doing. Your marriage doesn't have to be over. That grass that looks greener on the other side, it's brown. It's dirty. 
The grass is greener where you're watering it. Don't, don't do what you've been thinking about doing. Young lady, young man, he or she's not worth it. You're more valuable than that. Don't do what you were thinking about doing. And God spoke to Laban and said, don't do it, don't do it. And so Laban, the next day, he approaches Jacob. And they sit down and talk. And here's what they said. Jacob looks to his family and he says, go gather some stones. Because Laban and Jacob talked and they said, let's break bread together. Let's talk this out. God had changed the heart of Laban. Let's break some bread together. Kind of reminds me of a scripture. Come now. Let's reason together. Jesus talking to us. Though your sin be like scarlet, I'll make it white as snow. Come on, y'all. Jesus saying, come on, y'all. Get, get rid of all this bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness and offenses. And come on, let's reason together. And that's what he was saying, Laban and Jacob. And so Jacob told his family, I want you to go gather some stones. Because in that day, there was two options to do right now. Go get stones and throw them at each other in hostility and fight. Or stack them on top of each other and build an altar. And Jacob chose the altar. And he told his family, go gather some stones and bring them to me. And, and they began to build an altar. And what they did was every stone they stacked on that altar, this stone was hatred and this stone was offense and this stone was unforgiveness and this stone was hurt. This stone was betrayal. This stone was anguish. Every stone represented a part of that life that needed to be on the altar. Jacob said, rather than throw stones at each other, let's build an altar as a family. Let's find the healing and the forgiveness, the wholeness, the happiness and the health that God wants to bring to our house. And can I challenge you today? Get the stone out of your hand that you're ready to throw. Start putting them one on top of the other and built an altar in your house. A place of healing and a place of forgiveness. A place of mending place of wholeness and a place of happiness. Okay, pastor, I got that. How do I do that? How, how, how do I get to that place? I'm going to give them to you extremely fast. Here they are. Because you see, Ecclesiastes 3.5 is in your notes. says, there's a time to scatter stones. There's a time to gather them. And I want you to begin to gather the stones that the enemies brought into your marriage and into your relationship with your children. I want you to gather those stones that maybe you've been throwing at each other. And I want you to ask God, help me to build an altar with them now and let me find the freedom and the healing that I need in my home, my family, my children. How do I do that? Number one, get your notes out. Acknowledge my own mistakes. If you're going to stop throwing stones and you're going to start building an altar with those stones, you've got to start acknowledging my own mistakes. Stop focusing on what they're doing wrong and start focusing on where I need to change and make it better and make it right. Everyone look at me. Winning the battle is not worth losing the war. Winning the fight, winning the argument is not worth losing the marriage over. Winning the argument, winning the fight is not worth losing your children over. You gotta come back and acknowledge I've, I've made some mistakes in this too and live up to my mistakes. Number two is surrender my right to get even. You know what unforgiveness is? It really is, Dan Livingston. 
interpretation. You know what unforgiveness is? It's unfulfilled revenge. I just hadn't got even yet. I can't forgive you until I know you hurt like I hurt. But if you're going to build an altar in your home that's going to bring healing to your marriage and healing to your children and make your home healthy and happy, you've got to surrender your right to get even and realize that winning the war is more important than winning the battle. I don't have to be right. I only have to appear to be right. Even if I think I'm right, I'll look wrong. My family's worth that to me. Surrender the right to get even. And number three, apply God's grace to my relationship with my spouse and with my children. Apply that grace that we were talking about. Don't look for perfection because it can't be found. But look for those qualities and traits. My wife has so many things that I admire about her that there's things that she does that annoy me. I mean, they really do. You know, I laid a shirt out to put on and before I can get out of the shower, she's already hung it back up. She's that clean. I'm like, I really laid that out to wear today and I'm looking for it. That annoys me. But she's such a beautiful woman, such an amazing wife, and everything she does so good. I'm not going to make a big deal out of go get the shirt a second time. Some of us here, we need some grace. Apply grace. I keep asking, but look at me again. Grace is not needed where they're strong. Grace is needed where they're weak in my eyes. And I want to get them and help them to help me and let's become that healthy home that God's called us to be. How many is ready for a happy and a healthy home? Amen. You receive God's word today? You receive it? Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray over this congregation today. I thank you for the honor to stand here today and bring your word. I thank you for these amazing people, God, that we get to call family, community. God, I just pray over every marriage. I pray over every home right now. I pray over every parent, every child. I, I just pray, God, that you'll let us take these simple, these simple, God, essentials that we'll now begin to apply into our lives individually and corporately as a family. And God, your word is a prescription. It's a drug that will fix every hurt that we have, every situation that we have. And I pray your word, God, will apply itself to every need in this room today. I pray healing of marriages I pray God healing of relationships. I pray God healing with our children. In Jesus' name, turn our homes that maybe are in conflict into homes that are healthy and happy. In Jesus' name. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm a step one. I'm a step one today. I'm at that faith thing. I'm, I'm right there. And I realize today that my first step, I need Jesus in my life. I need him in my life today. Today, I want to join those seven people that raised their hand in the first service and accepted Christ today. I realize today that's where it starts. Pray for me. I'm not a Christian today. I know about God, but I'm not where I need to be with God. Pray for me today, Pastor. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I want to pray a prayer for you. If that's you, would you lift a hand right where you sit? Because I want to pray for you. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me today, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Maybe online. Maybe on live stream. God bless you in the back. God bless you. I need Jesus. I need him today. Pray for me. In the balcony, God bless you. Anyone else? 
If you raise your hand or you did not, will you pray this prayer with me and you can lower your hands. Another hand raised over here. God bless you. Father, just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved right now. I come to you. I believe and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate with these four hands that were just raised. Come on, come on. That's what